Welcome to Madison Avenue Presbyterian Church. We hope this message encourages you and inspires you to serve God and your neighbor. If you want to learn more about our ministry, head over to mapc.com. If you're looking for a community where you can deepen your faith, we invite you to join us every Sunday at 1030 online or in person. Good morning. It's wonderful to be here with you today in person and online. Uh, August, I am told, is the month in New York City when churches are empty. That really has not been the case here this August or at all this summer, and it is just a delight to worship with you again today. We continue in our exploration of the first three chapters of the book of Revelation. Today, our text comes from the second chapter, beginning with verse number 18. Listen once again to the word of God. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, These are the words of the Son of God, who has eyes like a flame of fire, and whose feet are like burnished bronze. I know your works, your love, faith, service, and patient endurance, I know that your last works are greater than the first, but I have this against you. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet and is teaching and beguiling my servants to practice fornication and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her fornication. Beware. I am throwing her on a bed and those who commit adultery with her I am throwing into great distress unless they repent of her doings, and I will strike her children dead. And all the churches will know that I am the one who searches minds and hearts, and I will give to each of you as your works deserve. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold to this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you I say, I do not lay on you any other burden, only hold fast to what you have until I come. To everyone who conquers and continues to do my works to the end, I will give authority over the nations to rule them with an iron rod as when clay pots are shattered, even as I also received authority from my Father. To the one who conquers, I will also give the morning star. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Amen. Well, as we know by now, chapters 2 and 3 of Revelation are written to seven churches in Asia Minor, what today we call Turkey. John is writing this letter from a penal colony on the island of Patmos, about 30 miles off the coast of Turkey. Our journey through this book has taken us to Ephesus, to Smyrna, to Pergamum, and today we come to Thyatira. Now, Thyatira was a small city. It was politically and militarily insignificant, but it had considerable financial importance. 
It was known for its industry, particularly the smelting of bronze. And also, ancient records indicate the presence of many, many trade guilds. Archaeologists have found inscriptions that mention guilds of wool workers, linen workers, makers of outer garments, dyers, leather workers, tanners, potters, bakers, slave dealers, and bronze smiths. These ancient guilds were sort of a cross between our modern union and the church. The business world and the religious world were all wrapped up into one. Each guild, for example, had its own god, and when they would have a meeting of the guild, an animal would be sacrificed to their particular god, and then they would have a huge feast and dine on the sacrificed animal. Now, now many of you have been to conventions of one sort or another, and you know how important these events are. You celebrate, you network, you make deals, you forge relationships with others whom you hope will not only bless you personally, but also financially. When it comes to success, you remember the old adage, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And that was absolutely true in Thyatira. You want to stir up more business, Want to sell more pottery? Want to sell more bronze? Go to the meetings of these trade guilds. Celebrate with them. Enjoy the feast. Dine on the sacrificed animal. Make some deals. Now what made this difficult for the Christians in the first century, particularly now in Thyatira? They had pledged their allegiance to Jesus. They would worship him and follow him and only him. But, their economic, financial stability hinged on their participation in one of these pagan cults. What would you do? Let's say that you make trinkets out of bronze and you sell them at different temples throughout Thyatira and you go to these guilds so you can get permission to sell at these temples. What are you going to do? You want to serve Jesus, you want to love Jesus, you want to follow Jesus, but if you go to these guilds, you are no longer bearing faithful witness to Jesus. You are participating in a pagan activity. But if you don't go, if you don't participate, how are you going to feed your children? We pick up today, chapter two, verse 18. And to the angel of the church in Thyatira, write, these are the words of the Son of God who has eyes like a flame of fire and whose feet are like burnished bronze. Now, what industry was very, very important in Thyatira? Bronze. John here says that Jesus has feet like burnished bronze. His footing in the world is strong and secure. Uh, the Christians in Thyatira might be struggling. They might not know how to follow Jesus faithfully. They don't know if they should go to the guild or not. But they do know that Jesus' presence in the world is strong and sure. The one in whom they believe, the one in whom they trust, stands firm in their midst. And not only does Jesus have feet like burnished bronze, he has eyes like flames of fire which means that Jesus can burn through all of our pretense 
all of our delusions and see us for who we really are. Jesus sees the truth. In these opening verses in John's letter to the church of Thyatira, he is reminding us that Jesus' presence is faithful, strong, and secure, but Jesus is also the one who will look at us and see us as we really are. Uh, remember the image I shared with you just a few weeks ago. When Jesus comes to us, he comes to us with love and grace, and he embraces us. He's secure and firm, but he also lifts up to us again and again the truth of how we hurt ourselves, hurt one another, hurt those in the world. He's issuing them a wake-up call. This challenge is then followed by an affirmation. I know your works, your love, faith, service, and patient endurance. I know that your last works are greater than your first. I like the way that sounds. I hope John would say that about us here at Madison Avenue. Our last works are greater than our first. That is, we're not sitting on our laurels. The enthusiasm, the vitality, the imagination and creativity that we once enjoyed when the church was oh, just a fledgling community 35 years ago in Thyatira, it is even stronger today. They're growing in their love for one another. They're growing in their service for the world. They're growing in their patient endurance. They're getting stronger, stronger, stronger. All churches, as you probably know, go through different seasons and cycles. And sometimes they go through a cycle when there's enormous creativity, enormous energy, enormous productivity, incredible ways and imaginative ways to bear witness to Christ. But then there are other times when our energy wanes and we need to take some time and step back and reassess who we are and where we're going so that we might also go back up in terms of vitality and imagination and creativity. Your last words are stronger than your first. There is, however, no such thing as a perfect church. And John uses those difficult, hard to hear words again. But I have this against you. Ouch. You tolerate that woman Jezebel who calls herself a prophet and is teaching and beguiling my servants to practice fornication and to eat food sacrificed to idols. I gave her time to repent, but she refuses to repent of her fornication. Beware. I am throwing her on a bed. And those who commit adultery with her, I am throwing into great distress unless they repent of her doings, and I will strike her children dead. And all the churches will know that I am the one who searches minds and hearts, and I will give to each of you as your works deserve. Talk about graphic imagery. I have often said that if anyone would ever make a movie realistically depicting what we read in Scripture, it would be NC-17. I, I, I wonder how we might make a movie out of this passage this morning. Uh, Jezebel, as some of you might remember, was the queen of Phoenicia. King Ahab of Israel was her husband. She is a notorious figure in the history of Israel. She did not worship Yahweh. She bowed down before other gods. She was a pagan, and she led other Israelites 
to paganism. She led them to turn away from the God who loved them, Yahweh, and turn to a foreign God. Evidently, there's a woman in the church of Thyatira who claims to be a prophet and she is leading the people astray. John does not mince words. As we have said before, he is the least tolerant and the most judgmental of all the New Testament writers. He calls this woman in Thyatira a Jezebel. And then drawing from the deep well of biblical tradition, John says that she has beguiled the members of the church to commit, do you remember what, she's, what he said? She has beguiled them to commit fornication. Now that word gets my attention. I admit it, I'm intrigued. I cannot wait to see the HBO Max miniseries about Thyatira. Can you imagine how salacious and sleazy that's going to be? It's going to be the highest rated miniseries of the year. Uh, before we get too carried away, however, uh, please keep in mind that in the Bible, fornication is not simply referred to illicit sexual relationships, and that is not at all what John is talking about here. Fornication is used as a metaphor, depicting people's faithlessness, the people's failure to worship God. Uh, fornication is a compromise, turning away from God. John says that Jezebel has been beguiling the members of the churches in Thyatira to practice fornication by eating food sacrificed to idols. Uh, John is not talking about sex. He's talking about that other word that most of us Christians feel very, very uncomfortable with, and that word is mm, uh, uh, money. Money. Financial security. We, we Christians, and this early part of the 20th century, are remarkably adept at dividing our lives into different compartments, and we'll put our spirituality and church stuff over here, and we'll put our money stuff over here, and you know, they really are not supposed to talk to one another. We really cannot be mixing them up, but that is exactly what John is doing. He wants the Christians in Thyatira to know that when they go to these guilds, when they do what everybody else is doing, when they're simply trying to make a living, when they do this, they are deluding their witness to Jesus Christ. He wants them to know and he wants us to know that the way they are making their money, the way they are networking, is distorting their witness to Jesus. And it is, well, it's undermining their relationship with God and with their brothers and sisters. The question for us in our time then goes something like this. How are we eating meat sacrificed to idols today? Do our purchases bring glory to Christ? Do we ever think about Jesus when it comes to our financial welfare? When we make a purchase, when we buy a car, when we plan a vacation, do, do we ever ask ourselves, wait, 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 uh, how might this decision communicate my faith in Christ? How might this financial decision represent me turning away from Jesus rather than turning towards Jesus? John is uncomfortable. 
I wish I had, I wish I had just skipped over Thyatira because I really don't want to hear what he has to say about the way I spend my life because it's mine. And I would rather Jesus keep his hands out of it. And yet, when we go to scripture, we see again and again that the way we spend our money, we see this in the Gospels again and again with Jesus, the way we spend our money, the way we make our money, the way we use our money is of essential importance in our walk of faith. Now, Jesus talks more about how we use our possessions than any other subject except the kingdom of God. I think, I think maybe we should have skipped over Thyatira today. And yet, John goes from making it so uncomfortable to ending on a very, very high and powerful note of hope and promise. But to the rest of you in Thyatira, who do not hold to this teaching, who have not learned what some call the deep things of Satan, to you, I say, I do not lay on you any other burden. Only hold fast to what you have until I come. To everyone who conquers and continues to do my works to the end, I will give authority over the nations to rule them with an iron rod as we clay pots are shattered, even as I also received authority from my Father. To the one who conquers, I will also give the morning star. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. John's spirits here are soaring. He is ecstatic. His heart overflows with joy and gratitude. Christ reigns over the world. In Christ, God's love triumphs over Caesar. God's love triumphs over Jezebel. God's love triumphs over the guilds. God's love triumphs over a halting, clumsy steps in following Christ. And then we hear again this promise, to the one I conquers, I will give the morning star. The morning star? Uh, what? what? We're gonna be given the, the morning star? Revelation 22, 16. It is I, Jesus, who sent my angel to you with this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the descendant of David, the bright morning star. Who is the bright morning star? Jesus. Those who struggle and suffer on account of Christ will, will receive what? Jesus. What will be the reward of those who hold fast? Jesus. Who is faithful to us when we're agonizing over all the issues and challenges of our lives? Who is there unfailingly with us all the time? Who is it? Jesus. Jesus is God's gift to us. And even when we can't decide if we should go to the guild or not, who remains faithful? Jesus. Amen.